What's up, Amp Nation? It is your boy, Mikey O. And this week on The Experience with Bryce Boudreaux, he has the man scout Jake Manning in the studio with him. What were your first memories of professional wrestling? Oh, that's a good question. I've I've now figured out the best way to answer this question because I've got a little bit more uh, details on it and I've been able to pin this down because I've had this memory burned in my head and I haven't been able to figure out who was involved in it. Until right about now, just me being like a, like a tape nerd and a research nerd and a wrestling nerd, I figured out what this is, and I have a pretty good idea how I'm pretty sure that this it happened this way. For the longest time, I had a memory. My earliest memory of pro wrestling was Junkyard Dog, and for a long time, I thought it was a match against Ted DiBiase, but that's not the case. Um, it was actually against Terry Funk. And I'm about 100% sure it was Saturday night's main event because I remember my parents said that they taped some wrestling or they had a tape of wrestling. I can't remember. I was very, very, very young. And, and I believe it would have been a Saturday night's main event. And I believe because they, they played it on original VCR. And my dad was enthralled by the fact that he could record stuff off TV. And I think what they did is they recorded a Saturday night's main event that had Junkyard Dog versus Terry Funk. And if you've ever seen that match from Saturday Night's Main Event with Terry Funk, it is, like, littered, littered with comedy spots. But the thing that always stuck in my mind about it was when Junkyard Dog came out and his music hit, and everybody just stood up as he walked out. Like, that, just that seeing an arena, versus, uh, arena worth of people just standing up at the mere entrance of of this man just enthralled me like this is this is amazing and then of course like i said the match is littered with comedy spots so if you know anything the way that i wrestle today it's no shock to you to think that like oh if that was that first person's first introduction of what pro wrestling is and he said he loved it and great no wonder why he wrestles the way he does <laughs> like a complete and utter moron and bumps when anybody just even merely blows on him uh, it's just full of that with with that Terry Funk match. But uh, like I said, for a long time, I thought it was a match with Ted DiBiase. He was a man with black trunks and then looked back at it. And then I kind of watched that footage. I'm like, oh, this is the match. It, it all kind of clicks. And I, I've got a feeling that's what my first and earliest memory of professional wrestling was. That and having the Hulk Hogan uh, workout set. So who did? <laughs> yeah, man, you speak of Terry Funk. Uh, I want to ask you real quick, how did it feel to get slapped by Terry Funk? Oh, that man hits harder than any human being on the history of the earth. Like, when he hit me, like, let's give a little bit of the circumstances as well. Uh, he uh, was, I was in a match for Northeast Wrestling, one of the places I wrestle very regularly and lose at all the time. Um, I was wrestling in a match with Jerry the King Lawler, who I've wrestled multiple times. Uh, I've always had good matches with Jerry, enjoy being in the ring with Jerry. The most fun you'll ever have in a wrestling ring and the easiest match you'll ever have in your life is against Jerry the King Lawler. Hands down, always. I can't imagine anybody even coming close to that. And it was for one of their bigger shows of the year for Northeast Wrestling and they were trying to up the ante a little bit. Um, so they decided to have me versus Jerry and they were going to put Mick Foley in Jerry's corner. But then they decided to put Terry Funk in my corner. And Terry Funk comes out, cuts a promo on Jerry Lawler, introduces me, I come out. So Terry's in my corner. And like I said, you're asking, the story started with, how did it feel like to get slapped by Terry Funk? 
my point being, he was on my side and he hit me as hard as he possibly could across the face uh, <laughs> because Jerry Lawler gave me a punch and I settled the outside and I made the mistake to go to somebody who I thought was a friend, a fellow mustache brother <laughs> in Terry Funk, and I was immediately wrong. And when he hit me, it was like a tire flew across my face. Like all of a sudden it was like his hand grew to the size of the Incredible Hulk mid-swing and smacked me across the face. And I shook the man's hand. I didn't think his hands were that big, but his hand just engulfed my entire head and struck me across the head as hard as possible. Um, greatest moment of possibly my entire wrestling career. At least top ten, top five. That's freaking awesome. I love I love Terry Funk. That's so do I. Like, obviously, it's part of the reason why I'm here today. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, like a tire across the face. That's hilarious. So, when, uh, when, and what made you want to do this? Uh, there, here, here's some names you can't really say, but uh, you know, I'll be able to say it on my upcoming, you know, Ten Bell Podcast episode sometime in the future. Um, the match that maybe believe that I could be a pro wrestler because for a long time I, I didn't think I'd be able to be a pro wrestler because, you know, I think about Stone Cold was always heralded as being six foot three, 250 pounds. The Rock was six foot five, 275. And, you know, and, you know, I, the biggest I got in, in college was like 240 and 511. It wasn't a good 240 either, but then I started to, whittle that down once I stopped doing track and field and stopped being a collegiate uh, thrower. And I got down to probably like 190, 205, 5'11". And I was in pretty good shape. And it wasn't until I saw a match with Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit and how they were introduced. You know, Kurt, I think they listed him as six foot one, 225 pounds. Chris Benoit was... I think they might have listed him at 5'9", 5'10", 5'11". Uh... 215 pounds and i'm just like okay well i'm 210 at the time 215 511 okay that's that's all in the ballpark for me i'm in pretty good shape and it was royal rumble 2003 and i was like and they put on that great match and i was like man like if these guys can be seen as main eventers and i remember chris Benoit got a standing ovation after the match and i can't really remember any other time on like a pay-per-view other than like the end of like a WrestleMania big blowout thing. This was like right in the middle of the show before the rumble. The fact that he got, I mean, it, it's typical main event title match and everybody stands up, gives everybody's on, on their feet because they're getting ready to leave anyways. But mid show for everybody to stand up and give a standing ovation. I can't say that I'd really seen that in my entire life. And I was just like, man, like for guys of that are roughly of my size to be able to do that, you know, I've got a little bit of athletic ability. I feel like maybe I could possibly, possibly do that. It's it's at least physically possible for someone my size to do it, and that was kind of the thing that got me involved in it. And it's like, okay, well, that's, then I started to hunt for wrestling schools and how do I go about this? And that's sort of the hunt of like how I'm gonna get things going for myself and all that. So, I mean, that's pretty much how it started for me. Even though it's a name we're not supposed to discuss anymore mm. um, unless it's a Tendall podcast episode <laughs> where we go into great detail so that's very cool uh 
So, like, who or, or who did you approach whenever you realized that you wanted to do this? Uh, did you just, like, start going to your local indie shows, talking to some of the wrestlers? Or who did you contact in order to train you, to bring you in? Who brought you up? Well, I didn't even know independent wrestling existed <laughs> until I was a freshman in college. And I saw, like, an A&E special about wrestling schools. And I go, what? There's a place you can go? I thought, like, you just went to the University of Miami. Jim Ross saw you do the bench press a couple of times and arm drag some jobbers in a ring. <laughs> and then your debut is Rocky Maivia. Like, I thought that's how it worked. Because <laughs> nobody told you any other way. Even in 2001. Like, I just thought that's, you know, or 2000, excuse me. Yeah, 2000, 2001. I'm like, oh, that's, that's how you do it, right? And then... um come to find out I thought about the existence of wrestling schools and I started researching where I was going to go I'm like oh well you know obviously you need to have like a collegiate background I'm already on athletic scholarship for Western Illinois University track maybe if I have a good track career maybe Jim Ross will come see me do some bench press and watch me arm drag some fools and then I'll debut at Madison Square Garden as Rocky Maivia like that, that's so I figured stick with the college thing and then uh, that kind of petered out and then I found out there was a wrestling school in Springfield Illinois some guys and I had a good website I went there I learned a little bit they're a good crew of guys uh, a lot of the guys just had aspirations of wrestling once a month or in their local indies but they put on good shows they had some good guys there they had some guys that knew what they were doing there were some good guys that really kind of let me get my feet wet and figure out if this is kind of what I want to do if you enjoyed this clip check out the whole video the link is in the description for the whole interview with the Man Scout, Jake Manning.